podcast this is our podcast welcome it is called two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses that is corinne what's up and i am sabrina and we wish all of you beautiful humans creatures we hope that you all had a wonderful valentine's day that you weren't disappointed in the very expensive preset course meal that you had or the roses that arrived at your desk or didn't arrive at your desk. I never... I got flowers today at work. <laughs> it's from my dad. He sends them every oh, year. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> there's a, I almost said there's a microphone going by. There's a motorcycle going by. <laughs> there's also a motorcycle, oh my gosh, a microphone going by. Wow, this isn't going well. It's all because you made us sniff the microphones before this and said we'd get high. Now look at us. They smell really good. They do smell good. I'm back in there for another sniff. Put <laughs> <laughs> your nose real close. Well, but, speaking of Valentine's Day and yes. Corinne, happy one and a half year anniversary to us. It's our half anniversary. Happy half anniversary. birthday. Half anniversary. Happy anniversary. We've been doing this for so long. We didn't intend for February 14th mm-hmm. to be our six month mark or half year mark. It just worked out that way. But it is. It so is. now we get to celebrate it by loving each other. Because loving your girlfriends is better than any love you can ever have. Heart eye emoji. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Um, it's crazy to think that we've been doing this for so long. I know. It doesn't feel that long. Although today, as I was driving home from work, I was like, so it's been two and a half years? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop trying to time travel, Sabrina. I don't. Yeah. I can't do math. I have a suggestion, a travel suggestion for people, because Marissa was in town this past weekend, Mm -hmm. and we went to this, it's called the Maparium, and it's a, I think it's called the Emma Baker Library, which is part of the Christian Science Center. So it was- Two weeks of lots of religion for you. Maybe I'm going to be a born-again Christian. I'm just, I'm saying it now. (laughs) All right. Okay, but the the library is in the Christian Science Center, and inside the library is the Maparium, which is a four-story high, basically globe. It's a map of the world (gasps) when it was like the 1920s or whenever they made this globe. And they have a little video play, and then a voice comes over, and like different parts of the globe light up. And it says, like, look around you, see if anything is different than... It was back then. Ooh. See how borders have changed, how names have changed. And so you're like looking around and it's super cool. And you're like looking down because you're on a bridge like in the middle of the globe. And so you can see like two stories above you and two stories below you. But here's the really cool thing. What? Before we went in, the tour guide said, and we were with a group of like 30 people. The tour guide said, there are no secrets in this room. She goes, you'll see what I mean when you go in. And the way that the sound travels in the room you can hear someone breathing. Oh my god, that is so from the other cool. side of the room. Yeah, so you can whisper, and someone randomly, like thirty people away from you, will hear your whisper. And Whoa! We're in a big group, so you don't know who's talking or whose voice you're hearing. There are no secrets in this room. Yeah, at the very end, she was like, "Oh, take five minutes or so, and you know, play with the sound, see what's going on." And Marissa, <laughs> Marissa goes, "If you can hear us, say." She looks at me and can't think of a word that's appropriate for the Christian Science Center. So I said, Beetlejuice. And then within a couple seconds, someone whispers, Beetlejuice. No. So someone heard that way. Yes, it was so cool. And Marissa was like, can wow. they hear us? And they were like, we can hear you. I want a room like that in my future home. That's what I was saying. Okay, I have an idea. Since we have so many of the similar requests, but also different, what if we connect our two houses by this dome? <gasps> by the whisper chamber? And then when we have to go, oh my gosh, when we have to tell each other something, we both step in to our little doors in the massive dome on opposite ends of the dome, and we go, hi, Corinne. 
But can we decorate the whole inside like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they go into the chocolate swamp? Yes. And have tiny, tiny little doors like Oompa Loompa sized doors? Uh, yes. Okay. Then I'm very happy. Okay. This is, okay, new dream, new goal in life. (laughs) Stop everything. This is what we're doing. Kind of going along the lines of that, I went to, when I was in New York, I went to go see the show Sleep No More. And I don't know if you've heard anything about it. It is one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. I've heard absolutely nothing. I don't know what that, okay. what that is. So it's an immersive theater experience. And it it's in this abandoned hotel in New York City called the Mc, McKittrick Hotel. And they've just repurposed the entire hotel to be a set. So each floor is beautifully and intricately decorated. And basically, like, you go in and you like I went with my mom and they split my mom and I up and they let you go roam around you just roam around all the floors of this hotel and each floor is different like there was like a hospital ward on one floor and there are actors and you follow them and it's supposed to be telling the story of Macbeth but then it got so crowded that I stopped following the actors and I started just roaming around by myself and it's (laughs) super creepy and like when I was first in there it felt like a haunted house because it's so well decorated there's all these sound effects it's really dark and you have to wear these masks that are really scary looking oh my gosh so it's like a year-round Halloween horror house i mean yeah it's not like horror at all but it's just the element of of being on edge because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know who's going to come into the room behind you and it's not like they're there to scare you but there's just so many people roaming around and that you feel like and there's also secret doors like when you go in you're in this elevator and then the woman is like talking to you in like a 1920s accent she goes not nothing is as it seems inside the mckittrick hotel and then you go in and you just wander around and you follow the actors. And it's ugh. it's really weird because there's no talking. There's no dialogue. So you follow these actors. And I didn't see this scene, but apparently there's this like, the massive orgy scene with like strobe lights and people are just butt naked. And <gasps> what? You didn't get to see that? I know. I missed it. That would be it. the first place. That would be priority. Well, room. I didn't know where it was happening. My mom, my mom saw it twice. And she I didn't tell you where to go see well you don't you're not allowed to talk you you're in there and you have a mask on you don't so That's you can't you put see up people. your little finger hole and then you put up the one digit <laughs> and you put the one digit in the finger hole and then you point to where they need to go but i wasn't with my mom and the hole <laughs> i know what a finger in a hole means <laughs> um you know next time me and my mom will set up a code language and i'll make sure she notifies me Yes, please do notify if ever you see some sexy times happening. Yeah, but it was really weird and really cool and strange and you kind of feel on edge and then you feel like other people are watching you too and it's, mm-hmm. it was weird. Well, because it's a whole different experience. Yeah. It's not like our normal theater going. Right. Like I followed one of the actors who like there was a wood scene and she like climbed through the woods or like through the tree trunks and I like got on my hands and knees and started following her. You can do that? Yeah, you're supposed to follow the actors. But then there were hordes and hordes of people. Like, oh my gosh, I would 15, be so confused. Like there were probably like 300 people in there in total and there would be groups of 50 people following one actor and I'd get like overwhelmed and I'd be like, I'm not going to follow the crowd. I'm going to go my own way. So you and your mom split up and that's how she got to see yeah. different things than you? And then I saw different things that she didn't see. Uh, how long do you have to stay in there? We were in there for like two and a half hours. It's long. Okay. I want to go and I want to see everything. Yeah. And there's another one in Brooklyn called And Then She Fell and it's a, in an old abandoned mental institution, like a real <gasps> mental hospital. And Sabrina? I know. Sabrina. I know. I think I know where we are gonna go. And they only they only allow fifteen people at a time in that show, so we have to plan ahead big time. Well, okay. Well, mm-hmm. let's pick a weekend. Maybe a weekend We're when we going to the set. Do something else. Oh my gosh, I was on set, and it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about. It. I wasn't sure if you were allowed to talk. I can't about talk it. about like too much, but it was just really cool. And I, I mean. I just want to give every person who works on set the, the, like, they are superheroes. They work the craziest hours for, like, 11 months of the year, and I don't understand how how they do it, and they're all so positive and happy and have good spirits, and I was just like, 
damn, you make me feel like I do nothing in my life. And I know I do a lot, but I just, they work so hard and it's amazing. Were they all wearing Patagonia and North Face jackets? No, they were wearing Canadian goose jackets because it was so Oh, because they're rich. No, oh my God, they're not. It's just that they're in the freezing cold and they invest in that because otherwise. I had to borrow a snowsuit, Corinne. It was so cold when we were filming outside. Oh, you were outside. You were outside. Yeah. I was thinking inside. Canada Goose is expensive, let me tell you. So many people are wearing it in Boston, and I am still rocking my LLB jacket. (laughs) I don't have $1,500 to spend on a jacket that I may or may not leave at a bar. That's how much that costs. Yeah. I just... I think the cheapest are like $800. Jeez. You would think me being from New Jersey, I'd have warm clothes, but I have nothing. I ended up having to borrow a jacket from a girl from the workshop who actually is from boston otherwise i would have frozen my butt off yeah okay well you need to get a jacket now this is on your to-do list because if you have to travel to different locations that are winter climates that's true you should get just one one winter jacket or i'll just keep borrowing people's okay (laughs) forever the borrower uh, that's the biggest thing I like miss about living with my sisters. And now I don't have anyone or living with another girls. I don't have anyone to borrow clothes from. Did you and your sister share clothes growing up? Well, it consisted of her stealing my clothes. And I was like, that's fine. And then I would steal her clothes and it would be like hair ripped out, screaming fights, like stop trying to be me. Oh, wow. We love each oh, other wow. now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't even picture what it would be like with a sister because I just had a brother. And the brother that I got is like the most docile creature ever. (laughs) So I didn't even get like a real, like he never punched me. Like nothing ever happened. He was more like, I'm going to make myself a smoothie. Would you like one? Like he was that type of brother. (laughs) That is so cute. That is a wonderful sibling relationship. Yeah. I'm that person to my family. I'm like, who wants anything? I'll get it for you. Or if people like Christian, be more like Sabrina and be more like Christian. I'm probably more like your sister. Oh, totally. A little crazy. Totally. I mean, this is why I think we're friends because I've just needed more of my sister in my life. So now I've, (laughs) I have pseudo sisters. A little batshit crazy. A little bit, but it's, I love it. And now we are into our topic of the week. Yeah, we are. We've been waiting to do this for a long time. We're doing sororities and fraternities. Yes. Haunted Greek life. Haunted Greek life, baby. So, Corinne and I were both in sororities at LMU. Yes, I was in Alpha Phi, and, and you were in Kappa Alpha Theta. Kappa Alpha Theta, a.k.a. K-A-T, a.k.a. Cat, a.k.a. my other life. <laughs> Is that why you chose the sorority? I mean, it definitely helped. And we went to, the school that we went to, Loyola Marymount University, it's an interesting one to be in greek life for because there is no greek row we don't have for fraternity and sorority houses like specific ones so i feel like we didn't really get that big school experience where it was kind of like us versus them which i preferred anyway because yeah like think about our friend group we have such a mix of everything and had Had it been a bigger, more kind of clicky, you stick to your own school, you and I would not be friends. But hey, here we are. We would have turned around after our first semester freshman year and just waved goodbye to each other. Goodbye. With like really (laughs) sad music in the background. Wonderful knowing you for three months. Slow motion, (laughs) waving goodbye. No, but here we are. Okay, should should I go? I think you should. Okay. So I chose a haunted sorority. It's called Phi Sigma Sigma at Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania. It is it is one of the most violent hauntings reported to occur in a sorority home. And girls, women in the sorority house have experienced their beds shaking violently, feeling and being pinned down by an unseen force, being choked by said unseen force, uh, hearing footsteps through the night, and then hearing diabolical laughter of a child coming from the walls. Diabolical. I like how you said that like, it's uh, totally Kyle. Like, Calabunga, dude. <laughs> uh, the craziest thing about this story, and uh, I think the most important part of this story, is that with all of this activity going on, it inspired some of the girls in the chapter to uh, whip out their Ouija board and make contact with this spirit. Not just Wonderful. once. 
but like many, many times. And they've also hosted seances within the house. But you know, like, as much as we're like, oh, God, that's horrible. You know, in that sort of setting that it could seem almost like a good idea. Totally. Are you kidding? Like, especially in a sorority house, like I bet you like light candles and like right. make it super ritual. I'm already thinking of all the themed things, the decor we can yeah. put around. Totally. I mean, it's the perfect place to do it. It's like every sorority horror movie starts with like the girls playing a Ouija board, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically all these attempts to communicate with whatever the spirit was intensified the hauntings in the home. And this was all... It kind of started, so they moved into the house in 2007, and uh, the activity was the most intense for the first two years, so 2007 to 2009, and then there was a little bit of activity between 2009 and 2011, but I reached out to them on Instagram because I was like, I need the dirt. So I Instagram- I saw that you did that. I was in our DM, <laughs> and I clicked on it, and it was you being like, not to be creepy, but- <laughs> But I'm being really creepy by asking you, tell me how haunted your sorority house is. And they responded saying, uh, our house is not haunted. Thanks. Good luck. Bye. So <laughs> we didn't engage in much of a conversation. But these articles and everything that I read came from women who lived in the house in the years 2007, 2008, and 2009, and 2011. So like, maybe it's not haunted anymore. Maybe people don't want to talk about it. Maybe people aren't open to it anymore, but it definitely was haunted. Or maybe they're so scared that they feel like they can't talk about it. <gasps> or maybe their El Presidente is rebranding, saying we're light and we're fun. We don't have demons. Well, after you hear this story, I wonder if it was something dark and like maybe something scary happened and now it scared people and they don't want to talk about it. Or maybe it's become like one of those things like, you know, when you're in a sorority, there's ritual and there's all these things you don't talk to people outside of like your secret handshake or, you know, the things that you say in ritual. You don't tell people them because it's like secretive to your organization. And maybe the ghost has become part of their ritual. Look into this mirror and you'll see a dead child in response. <laughs> if you see it, you are a sister. That's their initiation. Playing Bloody Mary in the bathroom and making contact <laughs> with the Ouija board to their ghostly spirit. Yep. Any who's it, what's it, cheese it. Ooh, I want cheese it. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> <laughs> I'm high off the smelling of the microphone. You're like, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I'm enjoying this version of Sabrina. <laughs> this is also lack of sleep, Sabrina, because when I was on set, I was like waking up at like 4.30 and then I wasn't getting home till like 11. And then I woke up for my flight at 5.30 and then I was up till 1.30 last night. And so, you know, I, who am I? I don't know. I want Cheez-Its. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Phi Sigma Sigma originated in 1913 at Hunter College in New York City, and their symbols are the American Beauty Rose and the Sphinx, which the Sphinx in mythology represents mystery and secrecy, which are two things that I think ghosts love the most. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I was a ghost, I'd be like, hey, yay, Phi Sigma Sigma. The Phi Sigma Sigma sorority at Bloomsburg University moved into 351 slash, it's kind of two buildings now slash 353 Light Street Road in 2007. It's a gorgeous home that was restored for the purpose of being Greek housing. So it has 20 bedrooms, six bathrooms. It has a well-equipped kitchen with all the modern amenities. It's massive. It's it's like really, it's really pretty. It's a blue house with a wraparound porch, a sunroom. It has this cool three-story tower on the house. And I need to look this up after. Yeah, you do. And it has a large deck in the back of the house, and it's also like a million times cheaper than uh, my rent. <laughs> so wait, really? According to the website, it says it's a thousand eight hundred ninety-five dollars per semester. What exactly? We're moving. Wait, uh, wait. <sighs> so the girls who first lived in the home from Phi Sigma Sigma back in two thousand seven remember feeling like someone was watching them as they walked down the hallways at night. They saw shadows lurking in the halls, and sometimes their beds would shake. And a few of them were actually even pushed down the stairs when they were alone. That's scary. According to a now alum, her name is Lauren Foster, and this is all from an article uh, by Amanda Hopkins, who wrote this article for Bloomsburg University's paper, and so most of this information I got is from her, 
and from oh so you're saying the university produced a paper stating the haunting of the sorority but when you reached out to the sorority they denied well here's more to the conspiracy when so there was a link that was to the bloomsburg university's paper directly and when you go to it it says page not found but the article has been republished on multiple other sites like like because there's like a you know on Google where you can find newspapers and it like will like you can scan through the newspaper of other things. Mm-hmm. There's a Google Bloomsburg University newspaper that I found it on. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I also love to think that these girls, when they responded to you on Instagram, were thinking that they were just squashing it and that you wouldn't cover this topic <laughs> anymore. But instead, we're going into all of these conspiracies. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> we're making stuff up instead. I really hope that talking about this doesn't make things worse for them over there and that the ghost that the ghost knows that I respect it and I'm just yes. trying to share a, a good ghost story with the world. We'll send our ghost to go negotiate with their ghost. Well, okay. Well, you bringing up our ghost made me want to bring up that email that we got. Oh, yes. We got an email from a guy named Jason who had some insight about our ghost. He knows our ghost. Uh-huh. So here, I'll just read this real quick. He said, Hey, Sabrina and Corinne, love the podcast. It really makes my work day more enjoyable. I always feel like I'm with friends when I listen to your show. I've almost listened, I've listened to almost all of your episodes. And as I listen, I can't help but feel drawn to help you. I would like to pro- provide you with some information in, in hopes of helping you answer some of the questions you have asked in various episodes. And Sabrina, even though you don't believe you have a guardian angel, you really do. Hmm. And then he said, I feel I should tell you both to make sure that protect yourselves when you're reading emails and researching subjects, that you should protect your personal self so that emails or research will not affect you. I only say this because I've noticed that you mentioned in some of your episodes how some of the research you do or some of the emails you read give you nightmares. Also, I noticed while listening to your podcast is that you both have gifts that you do not acknowledge or not are not aware of. <gasps> tell me. I know. Tell me now. I want to know more. He said, I can tell Teach you more about me. them if you'd like me to. We do. Um, yes. Please. And then he said, also, your podcast really is haunted. Your ghost is a woman who has very peaceful energy and she wants you to know that she will not harm you. She's actually the one who helped you to find each other. That's so cute. Uh-huh. This was her this was her long con. You always talk about a long con. <laughs> this was hers. She brought us together so long ago just so that we could get to this podcast at one point in our <laughs> life. So this Valentine's Day we're celebrating with her as much as with each other. Yes. Oh, isn't that so sweet? Mm-hmm. I've never felt bad vibes from our ghost. Me neither. Me neither. I don't know why I thought it was a, a man, maybe Me too. But hey, now we know. Thank you, Jason. And tell us more about our our skills and abilities because i want to know tell us about our ksas please list them out but until then back to five sigma sigma according to a now alum her name is lauren foster the hot spot was downstairs in the foyer that was a space where the shadow figure was most often seen and where people were often pushed down the stairs and activity would this is like 2007 when it all started it would ramp up and then all of the women in the in the sorority started talking to each other and were like, oh, this is happening to you too? This happened to me. And so then they're like, oh, we're not crazy. This is happening to all of us. We need to figure out what's happening. And they started doing some research into the house. And, and I tried to follow their steps. And this is what's shady about it because I feel like a lot of the information has kind of like been removed from the internet. And I wonder why. Interesting. Yeah. So I found on... Zillow, I was able to find um, like that the house was built in 1900. And then mm-hmm. it was last purchased in June of 2006 for the purpose of being um, Greek life housing. But the records other than that are not public. Like I couldn't find anything else other than that. Um, but back in 2007, when the chapter was looking into it, they found out that there was at least one death in the house and that the death occurred in the upper bedroom of the house. So I don't know how they figured that all out, but they did. So, like, at this point, they're like, okay, well, we know this information, but it's not that much to go on. Like, who, who is the person who died? Is that the one who's haunting us? And why? And, like, why are they trying to, like, push us down the stairs or, like, choke us and do all this stuff? It doesn't make sense. So they had all these questions. They don't really know what to do with them. 
But the hauntings keep persisting and they're like, well, we don't know what to do. So then in the fall of 2007, this woman named Ashley Ferentino pledged Phi Sigma Sigma. I also Instagram messaged her, but um, but she has not responded. Sabrina, you're really creeping on people. It's not creeping. It's trying to do field research. I guess, I guess so. But people are not being receptive to it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> well, first I like had to request her because she was private and... I also don't know if it was her because what if she's married now and has a different last name? So I probably creeped her out. It's probably not the right person. Hi, I talk about ghost stories on the internet. Can you tell me more about yourself? Who are you? Um, okay, but so in this article, Ashley said about how like her aunt was a practicing witch. And so when she moved into this house and heard about all the paranormal happenings and all and then started having them herself, she was like, oh my gosh, I have to use my Ouija board and figure out what's going on. So she did. She pulls out a Ouija board and starts doing her own investigation. And so she starts asking these questions to whatever entity was in the home. And by the end of it, it only lasted a few minutes. Like she got a few answers and then whoever she was communicating with completely just stopped communicating. But she got the name Maggie and she got the year 1934. And so after she got those answers, the board went still and so Ashley was like, she says goodbye, puts the board away, and then starts doing more research into the name Maggie and the year 1934 in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. And she found an obituary, which I also tried to track down online, but I couldn't. And I searched for a very long time. But according to Ashley in this article from 2007, the obituary stated that Maggie was an older woman who died of natural causes and had a daughter who had died a few years before she did. So with this, the five Sigma sister, Sigma Sigma sisters were all like, okay, well, at least we have some more answers. We like, it might be Maggie and maybe she's in this house, right? It's just Maggie, right? Like Maggie's a good ghost, but no, because Maggie's trying to choke them. And why is she trying to push them down the stairs? And why is Maggie laughing like a diabolical child? And Uh. what if it's not just Maggie? Because I don't think it is. Which makes you think, is this some sort of evil spirit that also tormented Maggie in her own life? And that's how it knows about Maggie. Mm. I mean, that's really sad. I was thinking maybe Maggie was able to communicate for like a quick sec and then someone else is also there. But That's possible. They came (laughs) through the board. Yeah. So I don't know. I I mean, it's a a massive house. So in terms of ghost space, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think... Maybe they can share the space. Who knows? Either way, I don't think Maggie's the only ghost in that house. And so Ashley and another sister were getting ready to leave the house one night. And then they hear the laughter of a little girl, which started out like sweet and innocent. But they're both like, that's weird. Like, we're the only ones in this house right now. Um, And that sound is coming from like downstairs where there's no one in that room. And uh, it sounds like a child who no one has a child here. This is a little strange. Um... And all of a sudden, the cute, little, sweet, innocent laughter turns into like, like kind of (laughs) demonic, diabolical turning into, you know, like in Insidious where the like, the like, your favorite song that you like to sing, how it sounds, how it sounds sweet, but it's diabolical. Yes. So creepy. So that's apparently what happened and the ashley and her friend are like nope let's leave so they get out and then another night ashley was lying in bed when she heard strange noises coming from the inside of her wall as if they were people stuck in the wall trying to get out the second i think that there's something or someone in my wall i'm out especially because there are stories where there are real people in people's walls and that's scary that's the scariest thing in the world yeah Oh my gosh, like the girl in college, this just came out recently. There was a whole article about this girl who thought she had a ghost, but there yep. was a man mm-hmm. living in her closet mm-hmm. wearing her clothes. And when she caught him, she he was like he was like, Oh yeah, my name's Dan or whatever. Insane. And then they they took him peacefully, you know? Like she called the cops and they came and grabbed him and he went with them. But that's so weird and creepy and it's so weird. Now I'm like looking in my closet, is some dude living in there? Yeah, you have to check all of the openings and holes and attic yeah. entries. The scariest thing to me is just that, like, acts of violence and 
murder. I know random acts are less common, but they happen. And you hear those stories like the girl in Wisconsin who was like kidnapped for however long. The guy just saw her once and was like, I'm going to kidnap her. And so like now every time I pass someone or I smile at someone, I'm like, are they going to come kidnap me tonight? Are they going to come sneak into my home? Are they going to be living in my closet? Like you can't trust anyone. I feel like I've been followed twice so far by people just like on the streets and by squirrels so three times and the squirrels but it happened this little old lady i felt like such a mean person but she she there was something a little off she was following me she was running and chasing me and so i was running oh my god probably watching this like what in the hell is going on yes and i was like zigzagging through the neighborhoods and then what happened why just i don't know i lost her i'm faster than an old lady sabrina I'm glad that you didn't fight her and that you your flight kicked in. She was probably four foot eight. Right. My legs were definitely going <laughs> to gain some some space on her. But it was just scary because she kept so scary. She kept yelling and screaming at, and like chasing me. Oh, that's so scary. <laughs> and then a guy followed me and he today and he was like two inches from my body and he was blasting music from his boombox and i was kind of like i started to kind of like zigzag and i was like he's got to just be trying to get by me but he was following me every inch and then i stopped and he stopped and then i think his friend said something to him and he like walked away that is finally. But so like, not okay weaving and like was body to body with me that is not okay i know that's I so was scary starting to panic and don't make people panic you never know what they have on them yeah yeah don't make me panic. Especially Corinne. We never know what Corinne has on her. That's really yes. scary, Corinne. I'm glad you're okay in that. I know this has all been this past week. I don't know. People are turning a There's little. something in the air. Something's in the air in Boston. Yeah. People are going wild. Yeah. This is why I have constant anxiety in my life because I can't <laughs> trust anyone. I think everyone's going to kill me. Okay. So the sound is coming from the wall in Phi Sigma Sigma house. And so then a couple of sorority sisters decide to reach out to the girls from Delta Phi Epsilon, which is a sorority at Bloomsburg University who had lived in the house for like a year prior to Phi Sigma Sigma moving in. So they had lived there in 2006 and turns out they also had experiences with the paranormal entity, but they called the entity Colleen. I don't know why, but that's what they referred to her as. And their experiences were a little bit more benign. It was lights would go on and off on their own. And then... Um, oh, actually they weren't a little bit more benign because then, so it started that way and then it would get kind of a little bit more braver, a little bit more brave and it would show up physically and people would see shadowy figures standing at the edge of their bed in the middle of the night. Then some people started feeling like they were being pushed down the stairs and one woman woke up in the middle of the night feeling like someone was sitting on her chest with their arms with their hands wrapped around her neck and yet her eyes were open she was feeling this she had just woken up in the middle of the night and no one's there but she's feeling this so she screams and all of a sudden the feeling and the entity disappeared and then also another night when the delta phi epsilon girls lived there uh, uh, the smoke detectors went off all through the house every single one and the girls ran from the third floor where they were living downstairs to see what was happening to try to get out and see if there was really a fire what was happening and when they got to the kitchen they see that the faucet in the sink was running and had flooded over like had flooded the entire sink uh, and like was overflowing down onto the floor and no one had done that they have no idea how it happened there was no fire and i did some digging and i have an idea of what could have happened okay so that was 2006 and in March of 2000, there was a fraternity house fire that killed three Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity members on the campus. So it was around the same area. So it wasn't the same house. It's it's tragic. But I wonder if these three spirits from the fire are still lingering around and they're going around to their fellow Greek members' homes and warning them and trying to make them aware of fire safety. Or maybe it was the same night that it had happened in 2000. There, I was just like, I feel like there's a connection to this. Totally, like looking out for them. And like turning the water on it. as like a, there's a fire happening, turn the water on to try to, to get rid of the flames. Uh, so I'm not sure, but I feel like those are connections that I could make. And like I said, from the uh, very 
intimate conversation I had with the girls at Phi Sigma Sigma. They have not had much in terms of uh, paranormal activity recently, but there was an article from 2011 where girls were saying that like it hasn't it hasn't been like a violent entity since then and they love the like haunting ghost stories and then sometimes they would make the new pledges uh play with the Ouija boards and like before moving in like that was part of their like their initiation process you know and that like the only incidents were really just like cameras taking photos by themselves or pictures falling off the walls and the TVs turning on and off by themselves but otherwise no one really felt the like intense violent entity that girls previously had and well that's good but i wonder i wonder if perhaps things did start picking up again and they realized like we can't talk about it we need to not recognize that and give it this energy like just don't say anything at all or what if it was like a specific person living in the home who had brought the entity you never know like there are so many different things that could have happened or maybe an object or And maybe it's like Maggie was the spirit who's always been there and then someone brought in an object or someone had something attached to them that brought the darker energy and then now that darker energy is gone, which means only Maggie is there who isn't scary. But anyway, in 2011 in this article that I read, the Five Sigma Sigma house was talking about opening the home for others to experience the haunting events themselves. Mm-hmm. But that was 2011. And clearly, Five Sigma Sigma is not open to uh, talking about the hauntings in their home. And so I don't think that will happen. Bummer. Yeah. We'll just have to pose as 18-year-olds and go through recruitment again, <laughs> Sabrina. Infiltrate the sorority. Oh, recruitment is hell. It like truly that would attract negative en- entities in its own because of all the like it's so much talking and it's girl so flirting much and talking. like oh, it's god. so exhausting. Oh god. I told you about the yeah, I did. What? About during recruitment when i was talking to like a potential new member and my top busted open (laughs) oh my gosh i had gained a little weight (laughs) and my dress didn't quite fit like it should anymore and the button was really pulling and it just busted open and my boobs were like right there and the girl thought it was hilarious because we had just been talking before about, like, gaining weight in college. And then I uh-huh. busted out of my top in front of her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> things. Let the boobs out. That's what they were saying. Let your boobies you. fly. But, yeah, that's five Sigma Sigma. And they're... Dang. What I'm calling very existent ghosts that they just don't want to <laughs> pay any attention to. I wonder if we'll be hearing from anyone from that school or within Greek life. Maybe. Or they're just like, I don't care. Or maybe they just don't believe in ghosts. And so like, they're like, oh, those weird Perhaps. podcast people, like, we don't care about them. Yeah. Perhaps. Or maybe they're wonderful well, women. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. That, well, they can, you can still be wonderful and not believe in this stuff. Well, can you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I went to a paint night the other day, the first time ever uh-huh. I did a paint a paint night oh i saw what you did we did a starry night sky and i put a couple ufos in mine and then i put a big foot in the forest and then we got to sign our paintings at the end and i signed mine bigfoot wait so you put bigfoot in your forest and did ufos in the night sky yes and then i signed it bigfoot because i was like bigfoot reminds me a little bit of alfred hitchcock i think he would have that sort of style you know place himself in little in his own artwork i like that a lot did you do sorority or fraternity? I did a fraternity. Ooh. And I would just like to apologize for my stuffy nose right now. I caught a cold when I was, you know, breathing in cold air at my six-minute mile running from that old lady, so. <laughs> yeah, running in the cold is not good for you. Running away from a woman, an old lady in the cold is doubly not good for you. Perhaps people were looking at me strangely not because I was running from an old lady, but because I was the only one that could see her. <gasps> oh, I was going to say that because people thought you stole something from her. Oh. <laughs> no, this is a paranormal podcast. <laughs> Shit, I forgot. Damn it. I did Sigma Phi Epsilon at Lamar University. 
Lamar University is in Beaumont, Texas. It currently has over 1,500 students enrolled, and the school's actually been around for a while. It first was a school, I mean, it's not the, the schools and universities shift, shift over time, but originally it was built back in the 1920s, and then they added, I think, females to the campus sometime later. Um, and it was located in a different area than it is now, but they outgrew in terms of numbers. They outgrew the space that they were in. And in the 1940s, Lamar University, or LU as they call it, mm-hmm. moved to their current location. Hmm. They have a red cardinal as their mascot. Nice. And they nicknamed it Big Red. Uh, they're known for having a great engineering program, which is recognized nationally. And also a haunted fraternity. I love when schools are known for being haunted. It's the best thing ever. So there are 20 national sororities and fraternities total at this school. None of ours are there. I looked up, Sabrina, to see if we had any sisters. In case we wanted to transfer. Go back and be like, feed me. Give me your ID card to the cafeteria. Or if you ever wanted to be like a house mom. Like in House Bunny. Okay, that, okay. That is very different than a real house mom. I have the mahi-mahi, but only one mahi. Ooh la la. That's French, right? <laughs> okay, so there are 20 sororities and fraternities there. And Sigma Phi Epsilon, or SIGEP, is a fraternity that we are going to look at, that we are interested in, because this is the one that is super haunted. Nice. My brother's a SIGEP. Ooh-ooh. <laughs> in 1984, SIGEP purchased a house. I don't think it was SIGEP as much as it was the school purchasing right. it for SIGEP. But they purchased the house at 1325 West Virginia Street. The house was old. It was crumbling. It was the perfect setting for a little Animal House style partying. I don't know when Animal House came out, but I imagine them being like, this is the perfect house for partying. Okay. There's a rumor about the house and about the house's history. And I'm not sure which came first. I don't know if this was actually the story of the house or if once paranormal activity picked up, the guys created this backstory. But rumor has it the house was previously owned by a farmer named Chester. So I don't know. Chester kind of seems like a made up nickname. I think the guys might have made it up. I've heard I've met someone named Chester. Have you? I have. He was British. Okay, well, Chester, he used to live there. He was a farmer. He was super hardworking. He built this home from the money he owned farming. He was super motivated. But then eventually he passed away and there was no one there to take care of the property. And so the property began to crumble. And at a point, it was supposedly the Beaumont brothel. So it operated for a short time as a brothel. There's all this back story of the house, but then eventually becomes into the hands. It goes into the hands of the Sigat brothers, and they move in, and everything is fine and dandy. But pretty soon, some strange things start happening. The guys start hearing weird noises. They're noticing that windows and doors are left completely open, that they were like a few moments before knew that they'd closed. They can hear phantom footsteps on the stairs, Mm -hmm. and they would also hear knocking on their bedroom door, and when they would open it, no one would be there, and no one would be in the hallway. So, sounds like a classic haunting. Classic. Classic Classic. Chester. And that's who the the boys were like, it's got to be Chester. It's got to be our boy Chester. And so, Chester presumably loves the boys back, because Chester was... Rumored to be very ambitious when he was alive, and it's believed that he probably enjoys sharing the space with these oh. energetic and driven group of men. That's a great And the Sigat brothers said that they have never gotten a bad vibe in the house, and they think that Chester is just there having a good time alongside of them, looking out for them. And a few of the guys actually have some pretty cool stories about Chester as well. Troy, he is a guy who joined Sigap. And I don't know the date, the year of his joining SIGEP. But when he joined SIGEP, he hadn't heard of the ghost. He hadn't heard of the rumors of Chester. But he did himself have an encounter with Chester during SIGEP's Halloween party. Oh, that's even better. Isn't it? Uh. That's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. Okay, so SIGEP was throwing this rager Mm -hmm. and... 
Troy is there, obviously, he's a brother, and there's a girl there that he had been chatting to, and he really wanted to ask out, he was getting really nervous, and he's like, no, I just gotta ask her out tonight, and so he was talking to her throughout the party, but he he was in the back of his mind being like, I'm gonna ask her out tonight, so he's getting really nervous, and so he kept going back and pouring himself a little nice lick of whiskey, Mm -hmm. um, and as the night went on, he didn't ask, and he just kept grabbing more and more drinks oh. to have some of that, you know, Troy. liquid courage. Too much liquid courage. Well, that's what happened. He had too many drinks, and he became overly intoxicated, and he ended up falling asleep on the kitchen floor. Oh. And the next thing he remembers is being woken up by a guy who he'd never seen before, but he was like, I didn't think that that was that weird that I didn't know who this guy was. Like, we go to a school where there's 15,000 other students. Right. So this guy wakes him up, and Troy just notes that he's wearing clothes from the 1900s, which it's Halloween. People are dressed up. Mm-hmm. And the guy motions for Troy to stand up. And gestures to him to follow him, like, in a, in a hurried well. matter. Troy gets up, and he's about to follow this guy. And that's when he notices that there's smoke in the kitchen. And that when he had fallen asleep in the kitchen, he had knocked over his whiskey glass. And it had somehow reached a still-smoking cigarette and created a small fire in that little area. Whoa. And so the kitchen was on fire. And so Troy ran and followed the guy out of the kitchen and then yelled for one of the other guys who lived there. And that guy went and grabbed the fire extinguisher. And then the other guys are just, like, all coming down and running and grabbing things to put the fire out. And Troy is just standing there with the guy who woke him up and is, like, watching all of this happen. And it was during all of this commotion that Troy looks over to the man who had woken him up. And the guy turns and walks straight into the wall and disappears. Oh, Wait, so did anyone else see Chester or just Troy? I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't written in the account. Oh. So I don't know. My Chester. Chester. So I have like full chills though. Yeah, I feel very cold, but I don't know if it's just because it's cold here or if I'm chilling. <sighs> it's just, yeah. I mean, the ghost, Chester saved his life. Yes. Saved multiple people's lives. Who knows how bad multiple that could have gotten. Right. That's so true because all the other guys seem to be asleep in their own rooms wow okay yeah i have legit chills it's not because it's cold i have real chills i also read an account by this guy donald burnett who had lived in the house at one point and he said that his bedroom window and his door would always be open after he knew that he would close it he said he also heard weird noises from the attic and they seemed to get worse at night and donald also said that the alumni supervisor or advisor was pretty adamant that the guys, like, take care of the house and don't mistreat it and keep it clean. And mm-hmm. if anyone was, like, overly sloppy or started to, you know, cause damage to the house, that right. they would be fined. Uh-huh. And so all the guys, for the most part, were pretty neat. But each morning, they'd wake up and stuff would be all around. Like, cabinet doors would be open, plates would be out, there'd be, like, food left out places. Right. And so I'm thinking it might be Chester. Oh. Who knows, though? But something else a little creepy that supposedly happened was that their flag that flies outside Mm -hmm. has been turned upside down. Oh, that's scary. That does seem scary. That seems really scary. With the stuff that I'm saying, I mean, obviously the stuff with Troy, like you can't explain that away. But with the stuff that Donald's been saying some people have been saying like oh well that sort of paranormal activity is explainable like another another guy just passing through the house probably left the door open or opened a window to smoke and there's probably squirrels in the attic and maybe (laughs) someone's breaking in and eating in the middle of the night or just someone who like is studying late and goes and eats and like leaves it out or someone's sleepwalking you know right right and then like the sororities are pulling the pranks and flipping the flags in the middle of the night or whatever but so that's all fine. Like if if we erased all of that paranormal activity, it still leaves us with a huge, huge case of Troy being saved and all of those guys yeah. being saved. And it doesn't explain like the mystery knocks on the doors where people right. immediately open their door and no one's there. I That's so curious to me because I wonder if like if people who are more able to see the paranormal would in that moment have seen Chester or if he just Chester himself didn't have enough energy to show himself appear as a fully formed figure. 
Yeah, I, I know because it reminds me of the hitchhiking ghost. It does make you wonder. Everything about this topic makes us wonder. But yeah, that's that's Sigep at Lamar wow. University. I just wanted, I just liked that it was a friendly spirit. I love so that. often our topics don't include the friendly yeah. side of paranormal activity. And this is, they basically have like a house mother in Chester. In Chester. I mean, that's the ideal ghost to have. He lets you be independent. He lets you have your fun. Mm -hmm. But when something really serious happens, he'll he'll step step in in and help you out. I I mean, part of me wishes that we had houses when we were in college, like actual ones where we lived with our whole sororities. But I'm also glad that I didn't because I like my space. I'm glad we didn't too, just because I had such a great living situation junior, senior year. You did, yeah. Everyone got along really well. It was, like, awesome. Yeah. I liked living there a lot. But where we went to school, LMU, up on the bluff, there are all those, like, mega mansions. Can you imagine if they turned that into Greek Road? We were all living in these, like, 10-bedroom, 15-bedroom, like, mega mansions. Well, do you remember? I mean, we lived in nice houses. Like, I think the house I lived in my senior year is the nicest house I will ever live in in L.A. But when freshman year went down below on the below the bluff, it was just it was just dirt and it wasn't Playa mm-hmm. Vista. We I remember everyone being like, why isn't that the Greek row? Like LMU keeps talking about building a campus down there. Why don't we make a Greek row? And then Playa Vista shot up within two years and then lmu does have part of a campus down there at the time i was like they should totally turn this into a water park (laughs) and then have like little gondola carts that go (sighs) from up on the bluff and down below and like deliver all the students no they should have a water slide that goes from lmu down to the water park i know but it's so steep i would be scared so i need a gondola (laughs) i'll have both how about that so we didn't have greek row but we did have a very haunted campus which we've touched on yeah that's all you need Okay, I have one from Lainey, who's the host of True Crime Fan Club and also of We're All Just Pretending podcast, and both of which are wonderful podcasts. I highly recommend them. But she has a scary ghost story from a sorority. So she says, I was super excited when you announced you needed more ghost stories for the upcoming Encounters episodes. We have a lot in our family, but this one is about my experience in college. I was about 22 or 23 years old and living with two of my sorority sisters in San Antonio, Texas. It's a pretty haunted city, so you should definitely check out some of the haunted locals there. One day, me and my sorority sister were watching TV, and the couches were situated in an L shape, and we were near the arms where the couches met. We put on some wonderfully trashy TV and rested the remote on the arm between us. In order for either of us to grab it, the other would have definitely noticed. We weren't very far apart from the remote or each other. But engrossed in the show we were watching, we were surprised when the volume went from 13 to 21 and then all the way back down to zero. We looked at each other with a puzzled look on our faces and I asked her, why did you do that? In a really confused tone. And she said, I didn't even touch the remote. We looked down and the remote was in the same place. You know when you want to double check that someone saw the same thing you saw? That is what we did for a good five minutes. Did you see that? Now could the remote be broken? What's happening? Etc. We both freaked out and began joking about a ghost being in the house, and we just laughed it off like it was nothing. The next night, my roommate was in her room studying, and her room was always very cold, so she never left the ceiling fan on. And as she was studying, the papers she had on her bed for reference flew off like a gust of wind had passed by. She immediately got up and told me about it. And my mom is into the metaphysical, so I called her asking for advice, and she told me I should sage the house, which I did, and I take saging and purifying my spaces very seriously mistakenly i began to call the spirit by a name that i made up i think it was maria or something similar and i later read that this was a bad call because giving a spirit a name only gives it more energy which was the opposite of what we wanted to do so when i shared this tidbit with my roomies they were like oh wonderful now we really have a ghost my other roommate who was barely home most of the time was gearing up for finals she was always very serious about her studies and stayed up very late studying on the floor i'm not joking when i tell you that she was very intense very stressed and very serious about work and school she fell asleep on her bedroom floor studying at like 3 or 4 a.m and she remembers being woken up because she felt pressure on her back she glanced behind her shoulders and saw what looked like to be a child's foot she didn't process what was going on or what she Wait, was seeing. Wait, a child's foot on her shoulder? Uh-huh. She didn't process what was going on or what she was seeing because she was still groggy from waking up. Then she felt the kid bounce up and down on her back and laugh. What? 
She closed her eyes tightly until the pressure went away. She was terrified. She had experienced something paranormal in the past, but mostly stuff having to do with Mexican folklore and what we believe. By the way, I'm Mexican, so that is the whole other gambit of spirituality, lol. And her stories were terrifying, but I have no reason to doubt her or what she said. She didn't joke about things like that. She told me what happened the next day, and I was on high alert. I called my mom again, and she told me to sage the home and my two roommates. And I told the girls that we couldn't joke about it anymore and to stop acknowledging the spirit, otherwise the events would continue. After the kid jumping on her back, my roomie was super serious about getting rid of the spirit. So I saged, I sprayed holy water, I said some prayers for positive energy, I also put on a concave pakwa mirror, which is used in feng shui. The mirror is to be hung outside of the door of a home and it will neutralize and absorb the negative energy. It's not a catch-all, but it definitely helps when used correctly. Okay, so the following week, I arrived home really late from work. It was about midnight. Having made up my mind that the spirit was now gone because we hadn't brought it up since the last cleansing, I was shocked by what happened next. I get ready for bed and I was settled in my bed when I heard a knock coming from my closet. I lived in an apartment, so I figured it was a neighbor. I ignored it and I began to close my eyes. But then I heard the knock again and it was more prominent this time. I made up my mind that if this was the spirit that I was done dealing with it. The knocking happened again, and it seemed to move across the wall, each time making one big knock on the wall until it was near my bed. I quickly spoke forcefully, stop it, that is enough. And I have never experienced another thing after that night, and my roommates have said they didn't experience anything after they stopped acknowledging the spirit either. We moved out a few months after since we were graduating, but we still remember it and will never forget hearing those knocks. Love your show, love y'all. I hope you continue to be around forever, even on the other side. Heart, Lainey. I'm very curious as to whether it was a small boy or something else. I don't know. Because part of me is like, okay, well, they stopped acknowledging it, which doesn't give it energy, which is kind of, I think, probably more of a trait of a demonic presence. But on the other hand, small children won't, don't typically respond well to a harsh right. um, reprimanding. So perhaps... Yeah. The little boy was really scared and doesn't like them anymore. And the little boy would like throw papers off the off the bed and like try to like kind of be rambunctious and like run around and right do and things like the that. Bed and, yeah, well, jump on her back. That's what's scary. Like that's creepy. Although, can I just say, when my brother was younger, I made him walk on my back and crack my back, and it was the most wonderful thing in the world. And I wish he was not a giant man now because now he can't do that to me. Because he would break me. My mom tries to do that to my dad, but she's like a wisp of a thing. Yeah, I think she weighs tiny. 40 pounds. So <laughs> there's... Um, I don't know. It's It could go either way. I think the the fact that they all kind of felt unsettled by it makes me think that the energy wasn't necessarily positive. Yeah, that's true. Oh, just the, anything crawling on someone else. It's just nope. the creepiest a thing in the world. On her back. That's so scary. Yeah, and to wake up and see the foot. <gasps> nope. No. I would panic. Okay, but it sounds like they took a lot of the proper steps. Yes. And they got rid of it, and then they moved out, and then never saw it again. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. I have an email. This is called Haunted Sorority, mm-hmm. and it is from Katie. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Katie. I hope you enjoy these stories. They are a bit long, but super fun. We love super fun and super long. I attended the University of Oregon and was in the oldest sorority on campus. Our house was built in 1924, finished in 1926, and we have lived there ever since. Because of the steep history of the house, we have a lot of cool stories. The first house mom was a stern lady who enforced curfew like nobody's business. (laughs) She would wait at the back door of the house to check in girls at 9 p.m. each night. Oh my gosh. 9 p.m. is early. I had classes until 10 p.m. Well, it was the 1920s. I don't know what life was like then. That's true. Okay, you're right. My first year in the house, I was on the second floor in a hall called Party Hall. (laughs) It's called Party Hall because at least 12 girls have doors that face each other and it gets loud. But because our house was older and we shared rooms and slept on the sleeping porch, which for those who don't know, was a giant room with bunk beds that sleep 35 girls. Whoa. What? 
a lot of girls in one room. I would never. People <laughs> snore. People make noises. People yeah. shift in their sleep and the bed makes noise. People get up to go to the bathroom. How can you ever sleep with 35 people? Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, my God. My nightmare was when I was in a 12-person room at a hostel in Iceland. Yeah, that's a lot. One night, I came home late from my boyfriend's house about 1 a.m. or so on a weeknight, and I walked up the back steps to the house. When I opened the door, I heard a loud cough, which made me jump, and I looked around, but I didn't see anyone. But living in the house with 55 girls, I took it as someone just was hanging around out on the couches in the living room down the hall. However, when I approached the staircase, I felt a really cold breeze, which gave me goosebumps, and I knew I wasn't alone. (gasps) Yep. I sprinted up the stairs and heard footsteps following me up the stairs. I turned the corner and then I ran the hallway to, and then I ran the hall to my room. At the end of the hall, there was a full length mirror. When I looked up right before I got to my room, I saw a lady in white (gasps) standing at the end of the hall. No. It must have been the house mom who was mad that I came home late. Oh my gosh. I'm literally pulling my feet in closer to my body because this is scaring me. And seeing that in the mirror, that is horrifying. My second year I lived in the tower. See, attached photo. Also, the attached photo is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. This is my dream house. I shared this room with three other girls, one who slept in the room with me and the other two slept on the sleeping porch. Because this room is the most popular room to show off in the house, we always had guests coming in and out. And one day, literally midday, my whole floor was off to class or out or something, and I had just gotten out of the shower. I was getting dressed when someone burst through the door. Oh my gosh. My immediate impulse was to jump into my closet and shut the door to save the guest the surprise of seeing (laughs) me naked. I heard footsteps walk to the middle of the room and a whisper, but when I peered through the crack... In my closet door, there wasn't anyone there. I even stepped out of my closet and looked down the hall to see if there was anyone, and there was no one there. Someone was trying to see her naked. Someone was trying to see you naked. Lastly, my friend was one of the last people in the house before the end of fall semester. She also slept on the third floor. She was getting ready for bed when she saw her friend walking down the hall away from her. She yelled, Mary, I thought you went home two days ago. And the person turned the corner to the stairs. My friend chased after her because what best friend doesn't just say hi or bye? Yeah. And when she got to the staircase, she saw the person on the second landing staring up at her. But it wasn't her friend. It wasn't a person she knew. And they were in an old 50s dress just smiling (laughs) up at her. My friend asked, Who the hell are you? Oh, my God. But the person just turned and walked away to the second floor without a word and disappeared. No. My friend bolted into her room and refused to sleep with the lights off and pretty much was just up all night blasting music and watching Netflix. I guess the cool part about having a ghost in your sorority is that they were once our sisters or house moms. This means that none of the feelings have ever been harmful or bad. Just your sisters looking out for you in the afterlife. Yeah, that's sweet. See you on the other side and go Ducks, Katie. I mean, it's good that they're like all positive and it's all just ghosts from the sorority. I think that's but also, sweet. The mirror is scary. The mirror is really creepy, but she didn't intend for that. You know, like the house mom was just being like, I'm chasing you because you're lit home very, very late. And then okay, it just happened to be really creepy because she appeared in the mirror. You know, what about the person busting into her room? Yeah, that I don't know. But maybe it was like a ghost who that used to be her room. Have I ever told you? Okay, so when I was living at IHOP junior year, we always like left the front door unlocked and Nick was coming over one day and Lee loved to walk around naked in our house. And so Nick comes in the front door and Lee is walking down the stairs, which like come right into intersect into each other. And Nick literally, mm-hmm. Nick, they both lock eyes and they're like, oh, and like Nick like turns away and Lee just kind of like goes like the instinctively covers her boobs and her her lady parts and then like runs back upstairs. <laughs> Lee, it was the, the exhibitionist. funniest thing. It was if so I looked funny. like Lee, I'd be naked all the time as well. I know. Lee loves telling that story about she's like, remember that time you saw me naked? Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> and Nick was like so uncomfortable, like I don't know what to do. What do I say? Good times. Living in a sorority house or in a college house, you know, weird weird things happen. You know what's also weird is that 
The things that are okay in college are so not okay. The amount of nudity, I think, just that you see in college, just like your own roommates. And then outside of college, people are much more modest. They're like, oh, let me go into the my room to change. But in college, you'd be getting ready for the night and people would just be nude. That's such an American thing, though, like for us to be like, well, for me to be prude about it. Like it was the biggest thing in the world for me to go to that Korean spa and get naked and go into the spas. Like it was it was a huge moment in my life. I think I'm fine with nudity on the top. It's just the nudity on the bottom that I um, am not used to. This is why I love jumpsuits so much because it's like long sleeves, you all long in. pants, got them all. Should we do a live show on a, on a nude beach? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, oh, picture everyone in the audience is naked if you're nervous. And it's like, surprise, they'll be naked. And we will be too. Picture everyone dressed in clothes. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would panic. I think that is my nightmare. I think th- that is that is my hell. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, I would drop dead and be a ghost. Oh, then I have to be naked in my paranormal life. <gasps> that is the worst. It <laughs> is the worst. It will oh, never man. happen, so it's fine. Or did you just curse yourself and now you'll stop? You'll eventually, no. die naked, Corinne. Just never be naked again, Sabrina. Just change really quickly, or just like do half. You know, <laughs> keep your towel on and then dress yourself under the towel i'm gonna shower in like a full-on like swim like a old 1920s swimsuit well guys if you guys have ghost stories or paranormal stories that you want to share with us our email is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we have all the social medias in the world i know that's not true but we have all the social medias that you, most people use twitter instagram facebook we have a facebook page and a facebook group where so much magic happens on all of them and so just follow us and um join this awesome community of people who love ghost stories and um and thank you again to our moderators who help yes. run the page you or who basically amazing. run the page they run the page they do they run the page who we runs just... the world moderators, moderators. We also have multiple ways to support us. We have Instagram where you can throw us a like and review us. We have Patreon where you can donate. Multiple tiers are available for multiple perks. Uh, We also have merchandise of our own. So you can purchase that, rep us, tell people on the streets about us. And the fourth thing is word of mouth. That's probably one of the biggest things too is word of mouth. So just tell everyone and their mother. I just have to real quick shout out to... What's the town? It's like Greenboro Township in Ohio, who is our number two top listens ever. Like in all of our ever downloaded history, they are the number two most yeah, listens. Yeah, what's going on there? Who are you guys? I guarantee you like us? that entire town listens to our podcast because someone started talking about it. Guys, this is like, this is what you need to do. Be like Greenboro. And we, we want to know what's happening there. Who are you guys? Please yeah. let us know. We couldn't do it without you, so thanks, guys. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.